Cancer Advances, a Cleveland Clinic podcast for medical professionals, exploring the latest innovative research and clinical advances in the field of oncology. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Cancer Advances. I'm your host, Dr. Dale Shepard, a medical oncologist here at Cleveland Clinic, directing the TOSIC Early Cancer Therapeutics Program and co-directing the Cleveland Clinic Sarcoma Program. Today, I'm very happy to be joined by Dr. Wen Ma, director of the Novel Cancer Therapeutics Center. He is here today to talk to us about the Novel Cancer Therapeutics Center here at Cleveland Clinic. So, welcome, Wen. Thank you, Dale. Thank you so much for the opportunity to come to your program. Absolutely. So, Give us a little bit of a background what you do here at Cleveland Clinic, just to start things off. Yes, yeah, so I'm a medical oncologist. My focus is in GI uh, cancer types, and also I'm also involved in the early phase um, drug development program as well. Excellent. So we're going to specifically talk about the Novel Cancer Therapeutic Center. So um, give us a little bit of an idea of what does that mean? What, what are we trying to accomplish with the center here? Yeah, that's a that's a fantastic question. So, um, curing cancer, treating cancer is a very important endeavor that we do at the Cancer Institute, and and we're always looking at what's the latest treatment that's available. Uh, and in this country, that would involve a lot of clinical trials. Um, and you know, and given the audience, we know that the the treatment that become promising will go into phase one clinical trial development. And that historically has been um, the situation where, you know, we have a drug treatment, it goes into phase one trial and then move on. Um, but, you know, the landscape really become very complex over the last 10 to 15 years. Uh, no longer is a pharmaceutical agent focus uh, endeavor. It's becoming a multidisciplinary um, uh, enterprise. Uh, just for example, you know, we have immune checkpoint inhibitor, but then after that we have um, antibody drug conjugate. And then given that there is um, proof in principle that immune system can be leveraged as a anti-cancer modality, then we start seeing um, CAR T cells, modified cell therapy. Then we start seeing theranostic where uh, radioisotopes, radioactive uh, sources tack onto a, um, a, a target-seeking construct that is injected into patients. So from all of those modalities, we're starting to look at uh, treatment that we really need a multidisciplinary approach, nuclear medicine, radiology, and also traditionally not a uh, non-oncology-based specialty, such as you know endocrinology, rheumatology, to really help us help manage the survivors from uh, immune checkpoint inhibitor treatment. So, so given that changing landscape, there's really need to have a concerted effort to bring those treatment um, to our patients. So that's where really the role of Novo Cancer Therapy Center really uh, focus on is really to help the cancer enterprise, you know, Cancer Institute to really coordinate and help grow that capability so that we can really bring the latest complex treatment to our patients. And so just to backstep a little bit, clinical trials really, really important. We don't get new drugs available unless we do those clinical trials. Um, historically, what are some of the barriers to enrollment? Why, why don't more people enroll in these trials? 
That's a good question. So I think the the first thing that really to think about is the barrier for patients to get in, right? So a lot of times we need the information. Um, so even if we're doing great work, you know, if the information doesn't get out, such as what daily are doing, really getting the information out, um, that's you know that's a very important part of it, getting that information out. Um, those information going out to not just patients but also to our colleagues. Uh, in oncology. Um, so having to help inform and educate our colleagues about what's available in early phase trials, that'll be fantastic. So I appreciate the opportunity to come to your program today. And the other piece in early phase trials is really is a very dynamic landscape. And for those of us who have, you know, work in phase one trials or being involved in that, we understand there's this concept of slot availability, which means that the study is available, but we have to wait for the slots. And in this day and age, the slots can be uh, competitive from other institutions in the country or from institutions outside of the country. So we're competing for the slots for our patients uh, for that particular treatment. So there's a lot of moving part uh, for early phase trials, and those things comes together to present a quite a barrier to bringing those early phase trials to our institute. And then the other thing, and you mentioned like the new things like ADCs and different types of treatments, but you know, the trials themselves have changed so much. So, you know, a few years ago, we were mostly thinking about chemotherapies and things and something you expect work on a wide, wide range of tumors. And we had these wide inclusion criteria, and now they're very, very focused. So what are your thoughts in terms of like pros and cons of how specific these trials have become? That's a that's an interesting question because, you know, you know, and 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 you have similar experience when we first started out where, you know, we feel like it's a sledgehammer. When we're doing chemotherapy, we kind of sledgehammer and then we have a randomized trial which is non-selected and we're asking ourselves, are we doing more harm than doing good? Uh, so around the same time, you know, then we started having this uh, molecular technology that we can actually further define the biological processes in those uh, cancer type. And then we suddenly realized that we can actually do a lot for a small specific group of patients. So that's where really the complexity comes in, where, you know, we're going after cancer based on their biology, recognizing that um, we can help a small group of patients very well, but we need to know who they are and what kind of characteristics to look for. So then that resulted in the clinical trials that are very specific for a specific population. Um, so in that regard, it become a barrier and challenge in terms of finding the right patients and needing more sites. Um, and that is recognized across the board. As you know, Dale, you're in early phase development and you're, you're the director of our early phase cancer program, that you know that you know it's very competitive to try to get those trials. At the same time, we need to find those grow patients. And even if it's just benefiting, benefiting one patient, we should really think about opening those trials. So that can be very challenging to our programs. Yeah. So as we we have this novel therapeutic center, like how how logistically are we setting this up to get those right patients in, get the right trials in? What, what does this look like? Yeah, that's a good question. So, you know, a lot of times I would kind of, you know, imagine myself as a you know, cancer patient seeking care. Um, so, you know, a lot of times, you know, we kind of look at, 
you know, how can I get all the information in the most efficient way? So, so the other way to look at it is a one-stop shopping, right? One-stop shopping with a seamless experience. So if I'm a cancer patient, you know, seeking care to understand what kind of early phase trials is available, I want to be able to step into um, the Cancer Institute and have all the information in front of me. So from that regard, and you know, Dale, you have been instrumental in setting up our uh, Nova Therapeutics Clinic, uh, is really to provide that experience where patients who need this kind of services and this kind of treatment options be able to step into the Nova Therapeutics Clinic and have a one-stop experience where the providers come to them, where the study coordinator comes to them with all the information so that we can help the patient understand the process, understand the options, and then help also to link them back with their primary oncologist so that everyone can have an informed discussion about what's the right strategy and what's the right clinical trial for that patient. How are we working within this center to incorporate things that Primarily, we focus on solid tumors at this point. How are we incorporating things like novel cellular therapies and, and those things that are maybe traditionally been more hematologic and not as much early phase solid tumor? Yeah, yeah, that's a fantastic question. You know, um, and again, like Dale, you and I, we went through a period of time where we think that, you know, there should not be any more cancer treatment given inpatient. And there's a period of time where we think that as a solid tumor doc, I will be in the clinic. Um, but you know what, with, um, with the ADC bispecifics and with the immune checkpoint inhibitor treatment, with the TSA engagers, with the cell therapy, uh, we are having to deal with cytokine release syndrome, which can, which can be best managed and safely in a hospital setting. So that's where the cell therapy and this modality uh, brings the challenge of working seamlessly between the clinic, outpatient clinic, and also the hospital service when traditionally solid tumor docs, we don't deal with that very well. So that is the focus for the center where we're looking at what can we do in a collaborative manner to really build a seamless experience for the patients uh, who need this kind of treatment where they come to the novel therapeutic clinic and they understand the process, seamlessly get the treatment in the hospital and then coming back to the outpatient setting to continue their management. Uh, it sounds straightforward, but Dale, you've been involved in it. It's not that straightforward. So I think there's an area of opportunity for really our uh, clinic enterprise to really go into, um, and also an opportunity if we do it well, patients at Cleveland Clinic would definitely benefit from that. Because we've been able to sort of work toward collaborating with our more traditional hematologic colleagues to as you say, a patient comes in and they may see us as solid tumor docs. The therapies might be related to the cellular therapies. And exactly, exactly. They're, you know, traditionally, this kind of therapy is managed very well by our colleagues in hematology, malignancy, BMT, leukemia. So it's really bringing us back together to really look at how we take care of solid tumor patients. So within the center, we're looking at, you know, these very early cancer therapeutics, and we're looking at this more cellular therapies. One area that, as we have these newer therapies, is the reactions, people's adverse effects. You mentioned getting involvement in things like, you know, endocrinology and things like that. How, how is that being incorporated into the center? 
Yeah, so you bring up a very important questions that we're starting to need to deal with. It used to be, you know, a pediatric problem where, you know, pediatric cancer get cured, but they have to deal with long-term side effects. But, you know, in adult solid tumor, uh, it's starting to happen with the immune checkpoint inhibitor therapy, melanoma, lung cancer patients who are suffering from side effects um, from immune treatments such as autoimmune diseases, um, their survival is starting to lengthen to the extent that it is important to help patients uh, manage those side effects. So to a certain extent, it's a survivorship. So, and a lot of these processes, diseases or conditions related to immunotherapy um, are starting to fall outside of our expertise, what we are trained for. How do we manage the autoimmune diseases? How do we taper immune suppression with the newer agents? So those are questions that as an oncologist we are new to, but you know what? Um, our colleagues in other subspecialties, such as rheumatology, endocrinology, gastroenterology, dermatology, they actually have a lot of experience in that. I think there's a good opportunity where, you know, we come together with a multidisciplinary approach to really take care of the patient uh, in, in a good continuous spectrum rather than, you know, patient come to see oncologists and um, they stick with oncologists because gone are the days where actually the patients are having longer benefit that we, sh we need to involve more of our colleagues in this management. And so really having solid support in a lot of other disciplines strengthens the, the clinic. Exactly, exactly. Another type of therapy you kind of touched on was biomarker-driven therapies, what might be considered genomic therapies. Um, you know, we do gene testing and there's trials that might be linked to that. Um, you know, there's bioinformatics issues, and how are we incorporating those trials into and those, the data we get from those uh, the, that testing into trials? Right, right, right. So you get back to the point where we discussed before, where you know, uh, as we know more, um, we can help more patients, but the patient population starts shrinking. Um, and it is challenging to then match those clinical trials with those group of patients. I think at our institute, we are actually doing a fantastic job with all the resources available, and we are having innovative um, engagement uh, with clinical trial sponsors in really bringing the concept of just-in-time um, activation on clinical trials. So what it is is that if we do find a rare mutation and then with our um, partners in the um, pharmaceutical companies, uh, if we do identify appropriate trial, we can actually activate it within one to two months. And there you have the experience. And I think we have a record of like about 40-something days to activate a trial for a patient who need that trial. Um, so I think we're doing a lot of stride in that regard by um, a thoughtful and deliberate and strategic partnership. Yeah. One thing that um, when you talk about barriers to clinical trials, um, people's access to get to a center that has, uh, has trials, the, the rigors of some of these early trials in terms of testing and things like that. Um, what, are, what, what kind of work is, is being done or anticipated to be done in terms of how we logistically do trials and 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 make it easier for patients to participate. Um, yeah, I think the you know in order to execute a clinical trial is a very complex endeavor. We need a lot of research staff, a lot of 
doctors like you and me to really be involved. Really, we are in the process of really looking at the experience where the patients uh, will come in and they wouldn't even notice there's a research staff there. You know, it's a process where, you know, we need to kind of think about how we streamline uh, study conduct uh, so that we are there to help in the background. And the focus is really between the discussion of the clinic doctor and provider uh, and the patient. And then, you know, in a process where we have our research staff really helping in the background to kind of get those processes done, get those studies to the patients. And I guess we learned during COVID to be flexible, right? And so maybe the ability to push companies to allow us to do labs like in the patient's hometown or things like that could be helpful. Yes, exactly. So Dale, you brought up another point that, you know, uh, current challenge is, you know, it's very difficult for many different reasons for patients to come to our campus to receive care. The other focus in the uh, center is really how do we bring the clinical trials and care to the patient? And like is you know, like what you um, described, you know, from the pandemic experience, we learn how to do virtual care. So definitely, you know, it's a process where as we develop out the infrastructure, we're looking at how to bring those clinical trials to the patient closer to their home. So within our own Cancer Institute here on main campus, our regional practices, um, our local community providers, education is huge. A lot of patients are being, really most of our patients here in the Cleveland Clinic are seen in the region, not here on main campus. How are we getting those providers, those patients engaged, know what we're doing here, offer them those same trial benefits? Yeah, so that's a that's a good question. So you bring me into focus of what our institute have been doing, strategically building up the clinical trial infrastructure in our regions, in the east, west, and also south as well, uh, in providing the resource of the clinical trial coordinators, uh, also the research pharmacy support, and also to help engage and educate our colleagues um, in the regions as well. And definitely, you know, in oncology, all of us are very interested and supportive of clinical trials because we understand that is really the best way to get the latest treatment for our patients. And I think with that kind of background and interest, I'm very sure that we'll be able to engage our colleagues uh, wherever they are to really to bring the early phase trials to the patients. So sort of as the, the director overseeing this clinic, um, this, this center, um, you've made great changes so far. What are you most proud of so far? Well, I'm most proud so far. I think we have a good team. I think that's important. It cannot be stressed more that it is very important for our team to function very well. And I'm very proud to say that we have established a process and a team uh, dynamic that I think will bring us to really the, the next step to really making a success here. It's fantastic. This is, uh, of course, you know, we need new therapies, better, better tolerated, better efficacy. This is the way that this happens. So yeah, appreciate your uh, support in making this happen and your insights. Yeah, thank you, Dale. Thank you for your time today and glad to be here. To make a direct online referral to our Tosic Cancer Institute, complete our online cancer patient referral form by visiting clevelandclinic.org slash cancer patient referrals. 
you will receive confirmation once the appointment is scheduled. This concludes this episode of Cancer Advances. You will find additional podcast episodes on our website, clevelandclinic.org slash canceradvancespodcast. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget, you can access real-time updates from Cleveland Clinic's Cancer Center experts on our Consult QD website at consultqd.clevelandclinic.org cancer. Thank you for listening. Please join us again soon.